cool. We are recording. Everyone's audio now. levels working. Work, work, work. Uh, yes, audio sir. Audio levels are working. Audio levels work. Yeah, I think, no, I'm, I think I'm good. All I right. Think I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's get started as I sit in my living room while I hold a microphone. Yes, sir. Because this is how. I kind of, I kind of <laughs> like that vibe, though. This is how professionals do it now in the yeah. modern day. You just. Sit I just on like your couch that vibe. You just sit like on you your couch. You have a mic in your in your in your hand. And you're just chilling. I like that. In vibe, your pajamas, though. while you had some popcorn, you had a pina colada. It's time to relax and just recap the day that was. Oh my lord. <laughs> This is at the oh. line. I'm Ty, alongside the wonderful. What what was it? Was a group of four called? What was that called? Quartet. Quartet. We got the quartet of Fiesta Bros here. We have Nicholas Yarbrough. Yes, sir. Mac Pena. What up? And Noah Magaro George or Noah Magaro. Noah, which which last name do you go by? I've, do I, I go both. by Magaro George. Yeah, I go both. by Magaro George. That's his full name, dude. Because he's mean? fancy, yes, fancy as fuck. That's why. <laughs> that's like saying Willie. Do you go by Willie Colley or Willie Stein? <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. No, that's that's a good point. But he goes by both of them because it's hyphenated. I'm Check the jersey, brother. Some some people decide to only go by one last name. That like that's their yeah, favorite. No, I, I changed. I literally you. changed my name legally to match my parents' last name. So that's sick as fuck, what? dude. Fuck All right. Yeah. So we got a lot of recap. Of course, we've not been we've not done this in forever how long, and we apologize. We are very horrible on our New Year's resolution, but we've we're back, and we're just in time for probably one of the most active days that the Spurs have had in their franchise history. It actually probably is the most active day, right? It have to be. It has to. be. I think so. Like I don't. I don't think ever. at least since <clears throat> we've been alive, right? Yeah. First time, at least in 32 years, when the Spurs made, like, in, back in 1990, they made two midseason trades. I know. So groundbreaking, but this time they made four. <laughs> That's so, insane. So, let's go ahead and look back at all these trades that the Spurs did this season. Because f everyone forgot the Spurs did a trade back in January. So, we already talked. This one, I think we've all talked about this enough on Twitter. This was the Brent Forbes trade. Where the Spurs got Juan Hernan Gomez in return for they trade Bryn Forbes and Bull Bull and PJ Dozer went to Boston, and that actually becomes pretty relevant later on, surprisingly enough. And the Spurs also got a 28, 2028 20, second round pick. I know, guys, I can't wait till we know who the sixth grader is in twenty twenty. Mono Ginobili sons, both of them, they're gonna like fuse together Fact. and Facts. become one. One <laughs> amazing basketball player. <laughs> and Juan Hernan Gomez would not stay for long as he would get traded back on, back on February 9th or on Wednesday if we're if you're listening to this podcast the same week that the trade deadline happened. Where Juan Hernan Gomez got sent out to Utah in return for Tomas Stanoransky. Is that how you say it? Stanoransky. Tomas Stanoransky. I'll take it. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> so, no, no, so the Spurs traded... Hernan Gomez, who had like a non-guarantee going into next season for an expiring ten million from San Aransky. so that w worked out. Was there any? Tr there was no. No, that there was a twenty twenty-seven second round draft pick in that. So keep adding on to that second round picks. Does anyone have, it, have anything comment on the first two set of trades that we really I, don't? Think I think what you need to do is just go over all the trades and then we just hodgepodge the shit out of it. Just start right. like throwing shit at the wall because it, it was crazy. Like that's all I know. It was it was absolutely wild. Shit was flying off the the rails. Uh, this trade deadline. Yeah, I sat down for lunch at a restaurant uh, with my my mom and uh, my stepdad who had just came back from uh, from vacation. I was sitting down. It was a nice place during lunch today. I sit down. Literally, I like go to pull out my chair and I like collapse into it because I see that Derek White has been trimmed. Like what? The fuck? <laughs> and I just I could I could not even focus during dinner. All right, during all lunch right. at all. Let's go. Let's go through my day because my day was more hectic, and I think it's a good timeline of how all these trades happen. <laughs> so first, okay. I have work that I got to go to at like one o'clock anyway, and mm -hmm. so I'm gonna. I'm just getting ready. I don't see any trades happening. I'm gonna take a nice shower, get myself all clean and ready to go. Right as I'm about to step into the shower, trade alert. 
<laughs> San Antonio trades trades Thaddeus Young and Drew Eubanks to Toronto for Gordon Drogic and a 2022 first-round pick, top 14 protected. This one's a big one. We'll come back to it. So because my day could would only proceed worse from here. Everything quiets down. All right, I think I've think I've time. I think some other trades happened. I'm pretty sure once I got out of the shower, the James Harden trade happened, and then again, I feel like all right, there's enough downtime. I think I let's let me get drive myself to ten minutes of work. As soon as I get in the car, Derek White's traded to the pit, to Whoa. the Celtics for Josh Richardson, Romeo Lanford, and a first round pick. Langford, and I think is how you Langford. pronounce it. Langford. So, funny enough, the Spurs only had two trades today, and I don't know how that's possible. But overall, the Spurs make four in-season trades in the same season, and there's a lot to talk about. First, let's talk about the Thaddeus Young trade. Noah, I just want to start with you. What do you think about this deal? Because the Spurs, of course, they send out Thad, who was already pretty much a buyout candidate if he wasn't going to get traded as well as a third string injury you makes friend of the podcast as and in return they get a inspiring gordon Drogic that they're going to buy out anyway and they get a 2022 first round pick to add on to their collection of picks so what are your thoughts on this noah yeah i mean honestly the fact that you didn't buy out thaddeus young making it you know Pau gasol lamarcus aldridge demar carroll and then thaddeus young as buyouts like that's a win in, in and of itself. So the fact that they didn't buy him out, that's a huge win for the Spurs. But the fact that you weren't buying him out and you were able to pick up a 2022 second rounder or first rounder rather that's lottery protected, that's awesome. Because number one, I mean, you look at the Raptors in the standings, they're in sixth place, they're seven games above 500. You just made them better with Thaddeus Young. That, that pick isn't getting into the lottery. You're going to get that pick this year. So huge won. win for the Spurs. Like literally just now, one one thirty nine to one twenty over the Rockets. And we yeah, are recording. So this then, yeah, we record this podcast <coughs> this Thursday night, FYI. Yeah, Gary Trent Jr. forty two points, five steals. <laughs> Freaking Portland traded him Good for a Lord. second round pick, basically. Oh my god, god he's like twenty four years old. We'll talk about absolutely some of the nutty later. But Mac, what you, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, I was, I honestly look, look. I think the best thing about this is that the Spurs took that Detroit second rounder that was, or it was kind of going to be a very, very late first, but they took that second round from Detroit and then they moved it up to the first round in, in a, like not, not even at the end of the first round, kind of somewhere towards like a little bit late lottery, just depending on where, uh, you know, where the Raptors land. So I think Brian Wright just absolutely knocked it out of the park with this one. It was an incredible trade. Um, you know, unfortunately, Drew had to go, and and then he got uh, he got waived after that. You know, that's not something we want to see. Uh, but allowing Thaddeus Young to go and do him a solid service by giving him, you know, or putting him on a competing team, that's going to be great. I mean, it's the Spurs. Were, it it kind of seemed like they were doing him ugly a little bit, but I think they they definitely turned it around and 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 did him a solid by by allowing him to get on there. So I loved the trade. I think it was great. I think uh, Brian Wright just absolutely just stomped on everybody this year as far as in, trade deadline goes. In regards to Drew getting waived, I, can't t- I have some information. I just can't really relay too much, but there's pretty much a high hope that Drew's going to get picked up by another team. If anyone was worried about that, I d- doubt it, knowing how much hate he got on, on Spurs Twitter, but I think that was some information. I, 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 I don't think so, man. I think, like, I think uh, at the end of it, everybody was kind of cordial about it and being like, we're going to miss you, Drew, whatever, whatever. And then sure. I think when the, the news that came out when he was going to, or when he got uh, got released, everybody was like, damn, that sucks. Like, it, it seems like everybody knows that they did him dirty. Uh, now go look under the Woj tweet. I think it was Woj or Chris Haynes, someone tweeting that he got cut. Like, I saw 15 or 20 Spurs fans that we know and follow that, like, were, were not very him? nice. Like, yeah, really I'm not sure. nice at all. And it was pretty fucking depressing. I'll talk about that later. It's, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Nick, wrap this one up. Oh, on the uh, Thad on, trade? Yes, on the Thad trade. You're the only one that hasn't really talked too much about it. Um, I mean, it's pretty fucking sick. Like, uh, <laughs> I was expecting, like, I was expecting the same return that Bryn got us, honestly. Like, a decent bench player and a second-round pick, like a late second, because he hasn't played all season. Turns out, 
we free up a spot on the roster. We get Dragic, who may or may not play. Probably not, but since Dallas just made that trade for Dinwiddie, he may play. Who knows? But we got a first-round pick out of it? Oh, my goodness. Like, I think that's that's borderline like a perfect A-plus trade for us. It was borderline a fleece, but it's not because Ra the Raptors technically got better from it because they have like six available players on any given night anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and, and listening to like uh, Michael Scotto's from Hoops Hypes, his uh, post-trade deadline uh, space, it was kind of they were kind of surprised that the Spurs were able to get a first-round pick out of that young. And they said like, yeah, if you look at that young last year, you could that seems reasonable to get a first-round pick out of him. But after not playing too much this season – very limited play. They were very surprised that the Spurs were able to get that first round pick. And good on good on the Spurs. They got again. They got Gordon Drogic. It's going to be expiring anyway, and it's going to be a buyout. But at least you got a first round pick out of that buyout. Or you up like Max said, you upgraded your very early second round pick from Pistons to most likely a mid first rounder, which that's yeah. never that's never a bad thing. And see, that's that's what I think kind of like push that or, or push the the Raptors to to trade their their first. It's because they're basically swapping out at this point, because um, they got that they got that Detroit second rounder. So it was like, it's not really too much. Like the net loss for them is not really too bad. So I no, mean, yeah, being able to upgrade that position though, or being able to upgrade that that second to that first and that mid or at sorry the end of that for uh, like a high twenty maybe early 20 um late late teen that's it's fantastic like it's it's a really good return all right let's go to talk about probably the most shocking trade honestly i don't i think it was kind of expected but also not expected at the same time so it's gonna be Derek white going to boston in return for a first round pick from boston josh richardson and romeo Lan langford this one and and oh, oh and, and a uh 20 is it 2028 2028 2028. Yeah, it's 2028. Man, it's 28. It's going to be a good year for the Spurs. I just know in, their, in that draft. <laughs> yeah. But, no, but Spurs, they get a lot for Derek White, and that's really good. After We saw what Derek did in the bubble. He had some really good seasons in the first few years with San Antonio. And then he kind of, I want to say it, it wasn't bad, but he kind of leveled out. He, like, he never really got higher than that, that peak bubble performance, and he just kind of leveled out from there. Um, but... He's gonna make the he's gonna make the Celtics really good. He was like a top thirty player in the catch all stats that like Andrew Bailey does, and in return, Spurs get a third first round pick going into this draft. They get Josh Richardson, who that would be a serviceable guy that you can play for the rest of the season and possibly trade trade out in the off season. And you get a young mm -hmm. prospect in Romeo Langford that you could stick with the team. I'm not sure too much on Romeo Langford. I need to look at more 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 tape on him or no there. give I us gotta, romeo langford i gotta Go. look more at romeo oh man I, I don't i don't feel like i should because it's just gonna make you sad <laughs> you more are so new, pessimistic all the time bro I god know, right? damn it oh no so <laughs> someone someone told me someone told me i'm not gonna disclose who but someone told me that no i love noah's spaces but he he's so pessimistic but with a such a positive <laughs> tone to his voice <laughs> It's like I, an I just REM think, like, song, I think dude. generally, like people, people find like if you're realistic that you're being pessimistic. Because I, I don't know what they want me to say. Like, uh, do they want me to say like, oh yeah, I mean, championships on the way right now, or like everyone on the roster is an all star? Because I feel like if you don't say that, then you're generally considered like pessimistic. And I and I don't feel like I am. Like, I just feel like I'm being realistic. You know, I I, I, uh, I think so. I think you're definitely being a little bit pessimistic. I think you, yeah, you're Noah, leaning more from, on the pessimistic side. From three people who like can differentiate. From the emotions you're talking about, you sometimes you're a little overly pessimistic. But it's not, yeah. I just don't know what I'm pessimistic on, though. Like, I, I'm, oh, I'm willing to concede it if, if I'm like <laughs> if I'm like pessimistic on something, but I, I really don't feel like I am. That's because mm -hmm. you're biased, like for your uh, for yourself. Like you can't see it because it's yourself. No, what we're having. An but I feel like people pessimism. mostly feel like I'm pessimistic because they're super biased towards whatever the organization does. Like, I'm not saying that they're, they've done anything wrong. I think they did an excellent job during the trade no, deadline. No, no, no. Generally, I think I'm pessimistic. No, it, it's, uh, like, like you said, it's, I think people see the, the, real, the realistic aspect as more pessimistic, but I think there's a little pessimistic, but again, it's not, I don't think it's as bad as, we, we know people who are way worse with this, and you're no, not. No, yeah, you, provide, you provide warranted pessimism. 
Yes. That's, that's a good one. Okay, yeah. I'll, take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. And like Very I said, like that. it's it's you, you lean on that side. Like it's not even you don't tip the scale to pessimism, but the scale drops a little bit on that side for you. All right, yeah, I'll take that. No, for 100%. Yeah. I will I will for absolutely better. take that. If that's all I can convince y'all to say, then I'm I'm going to leave here happy. Like it's you for can't better. see me right now, but I, I am smiling. <laughs> I can hear it. I can, yeah, <laughs> we can hear it for sure. Like it's it's the pragmatism in you. Like you're just pragmatic. Like and sometimes prag like somebody that's pragmatic is you know, is a little bit more on on the pessimistic side. So but you're a pragmatist. A reason, there's a reason that there's four of us because we all have a differing like version or <laughs> perspective of, on everything yeah <laughs> or like, pretty I much think, everything i'm pretty sure i'm the over optimistic one um noah's the more realistic with a side of pessimism to him noah and uh, nick i don't know where you're at honestly you're kind of in the middle it's shit i don't know <laughs> <And> <laughs> Ma- nick's Mac- a wild card nick nick is a wild card he can be on any side any given day i like there that we though and we Ma- need, we- mac mac is like a good middle it's a good we, we need to do this. we need to do the uh, the the colors you know the personality test for the colors but <laughs> on like where you land uh, for for how you view the Spurs or what's the one what's the one that uh we, the political test that you talk about Nick the one where like Hitler is far super right we need to do that yeah. but for ah! but for the Spurs but for the Spurs like just have it <laughs> I can imagine where some people are already placed on this. You know what I mean? Oh like who's God. who's chaotic good, who's chaotic bad, that kind yeah. of shit. We could do like the the letter test where it's like I'm an INJFP, whatever the fuck that is. Like, <laughs> okay. Dude, I'm Anyways. I'm down to actually make that happen. That'd be kind of cool. Me too. All right, all right, let's let's go, let's let's reel this back in. Noah, yeah, yeah, what sorry. do you know of Romeo with his time in Boston to be more optimistic? Because things could change, you know. Yeah, give, a, give mean, us the I, I raw liked, Noah. Give us the yeah, raw Noah. Yeah, I, I liked Romeo coming out of Indiana. He was one of the guys who, if he fell out of the lottery, I thought he made a lot of sense for the Spurs at 18. Obviously, he didn't. They took him with the 14th overall pick. Spurs got Lonnie. You know, is what it is. But you look at his career. I mean, rookie year, it, it wasn't very good. Shot below 35% from the field, below 19% from three. Second year, he said, <laughs> let me ramp it up. Averaged 3.1 points per game on 35.6% shooting. And this year, it's been, I mean, it's a career year for Romeo Langford. 4.7 points per game. Shoots 42% from the field. 34% from three. So, like, I mean, the guy sort of is what, I don't think he is what he is. But, like, for a team that has Josh Primo, Trey Jones, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, like, I, I don't think you make room to find him minutes. I think he gets minutes when he earns minutes. You know, he's 22 years old. He's not done developing, but there's really been nothing so far in the NBA that suggests that he's putting it together. And, like, Boston was a team that was trying to win, and he was in their rotation, 44 games this year, five starts, but he wasn't really helping them win. And I think you look at that, and that's probably one of the reasons he was a throw-in. Like, they're fine to part with him because he just hasn't worked out. And that's not to say he won't work out in San Antonio. There just hasn't been a lot of positive indicators. Yeah, I'm looking at his some of his advanced stats right now. Like, his per 36 is pretty awful. And, <laughs> like, per 100 possessions, dude, it's like a 100 and, what, 100 and, I guess it's better this year, but last year, whenever the Celtics were even better, 116 defensive rating, 95 offensive rating. You're looking at, like, nine points per 100 possessions. That's pretty bad. I see what you mean, Noah. Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not here to, like, dump all over this dude. I mean, he's, he's way better at basketball Fucking do than it. I you am. You think he listens to this? No, <laughs> I mean, like, like I, I just – I don't want people to think he's going to come in here. Like, the thing that I would be more excited about is Josh, Josh Richardson, Richardson, and even that alien. I would, like, probably tamper expectations. But at least – at the very least, he's a guy who comes in and he'll probably know his role. Yeah. Look, the two positives of Romeo Langford that I can deduct, he's only 21, so who knows? Um, we've seen young players have late growth spurts. According to some knows. people, that's old. He's shit. 22, but yeah, uh, 22 now. 22 now, but I was like, I'm just sports track is lying to me. But and then also next year he's an, next year he's an expiring 5.6 million, so it's not that bad in terms of money hit. Spurs could easily let him go walk next next off season, but who knows? He's maybe trade him away easy trade piece for match money who knows but let's talk let's let's talk about Derek white 
because uh. <laughs> I know. All right, so start. Start. Um, what's, what's the ASPCA song that always plays? Uh, I can't sing it that well, so somebody else got to play it over. But the, you get the gist. Yeah, it's. Derek, I, I love you. <laughs> So I, I, I think I tweeted out black and white photos of like Thad, Drew, and Derek. Ew, yeah, that was it was pretty it was pretty intense, dude. <laughs> it looked like you're fucking having a eulogy for him. Did that like not even to be mean, but did that deserve one? I'm not saying he didn't do anything when he was here. <laughs> he was great on the bench for the young guys, but like I, I think maybe he didn't deserve a picture along those two guys. Like he it, was, it was I mean, more he was it was more than just the three In guys the, that uh, got traded. The, tr the three guys that got traded today, they got a, they got their own memorial. <laughs> <laughs> Did you give any love to Juancho Hernan Gomez? Did you give him he a black was and white picture? No, sir. or not even, not, not even with, he, not oh, even and, with. So Brent he was Forbes. traded yesterday, and he didn't get a black and white picture. Nope, there was no Come eulogy on. for him. <laughs> I'll, I'll add one to the thread. Will that make you happy? Uh, honestly, no. He can. I mean, like he was hardly here. He barely like took two breaths of San Antonio air before he was. He played. Out. Hey, like, he played more minutes than I expected him to play. I'll give him that. But <laughs> yeah, he he played more minutes and and did like nothing in those minutes. So I hope he, you know, I wish him well. This is like his fifth team in less than a year. So, you know, rip, rip Juancho. All right, let's look back at the five years with Derek White. Came into the league at 23 <laughs> years old. Finished his stint with the Spurs at 27, 28, 27. I think. Yeah, I think he's 27. He's 27. Let's go. He averaged in the end. He averaged 11.6 points per game on. 45% shooting, pretty damn good for a guard. 34% shooting from deep, 3.3 uh, three, 3 rebounds, 3.9 assists, almost a steal, almost a block a game for a guard. At only 1.4 turnovers a game. Derek White, I think he is, while he is going to be part of the era of the Spurs that is easily forgettable in terms of barely making the playoffs, not having Kawhi, and then just chugging along with LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan missing playoffs twice and then going into a very transition season this year he still made a huge impact on Spurs fans and Mac I know that you are the one of the owners of a Derek White jersey how are you they, looking back at Derek White's tenure on the Spurs hey uh, all I know is <clears throat> when Manu Ginobili retired there was a large hole in my there was a large hole in my heart that uh quite frankly still not all the way repaired, but Derek White did a damn fine job of uh, making me forget that it was there. Um, I love Derek. Derek was absolutely amazing. He, uh, you know, he was the guy that just, that did it all for the team. You know, a lot of people, <clears throat> or there was a lot of criticism for his lack of scoring, but, you know, I think his his whole game was was never, he was never meant to be like, the elite shooter like he never came in that way he was just a kid that did everything and that's what we saw day in day out this guy would put his body on the line all the time and just like Manu Ginobili Derek White sacrificed leg limb and teeth for the team and it's just like he's done I mean you know he's one of those guys that's never I don't he's he's not gonna get his uh, his jersey retired, but he's always going to live in that legendary, like, Derek White. Remember when we had Derek White. And uh, and now I'm proud that he's going to the Boston Celtics, and, you know, he's uh, he's in a good environment there. Brad Stevens is a great GM, um, or a good GM. He's a smart guy. Um, and then he's he's alongside the buddy of, uh, you know, with Jay, uh, Jay, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. So, his uh, team USA buddies, so he's in a good environment. There's there's a good good young team there that they're building, and and uh, you know all I gotta say is Boston, take care of him because we we love him, we miss him. He's Nicholas. always gonna be in our hearts. Yes, sir. Give us your words. Uh, yeah, I mean, like this may come as a surprise for people who follow me because I was a huge simp for him, especially last season because he was our best player last season. I don't really care what anyone says. Um, yeah, most impactful. 100%. Um. But yeah, like I think it's a great trade. I think he's a player that is he's an exceptionally fine player. He can be probably the third best player on a championship winning team. But he was also older than everyone besides Thad, who we also traded. <laughs> uh, and Doug, I guess. But uh he plateaued. Um 
we're, he's lucky that he didn't get injured into the season. Um, so it's like the trade itself, I really enjoy it, even though it sucks seeing him leave. But, but like losing Derek White, the person sucks. Because he's so awesome. Uh, he tries his ass off on the court, uh, like, 100% of the time. He's like, he's similar to, like, I guess Drew would be similar to him, but, like, we lost two guys who give more hustle than most other players in the NBA do. Like, 100%. skill disparity aside, Derek is out there busting his ass off, doing everything he can to win games and put his body on the line. Um, I'm going to miss seeing his dad on the timeline uh, interacting with Spurs fans because he was one of the big <laughs> Spurs Twitter also, Mr. White. Um, Mr. It Mr. Does White is it, Mr. White is a friend of the podcast. Yes. Let's go. And also, uh, he, uh, I, I'm thinking he was a Celtics fan beforehand because in his bio, it says Boston Celtics, you know, Boston Red Sox and everything, but Spurs still in it. So I think he's probably ecstatic that his son's going to Boston, which is kind of cool for, you know, kind of cool for him too. Um, it's gonna like we're we're definitely not a better team after all these trades right now. I think it might actually be hard getting pop that record this season. We're gonna stink shit, but um, like I don't know. It I think we're gonna be back and with with these picks and everything, we're gonna I don't know. It's put us in a good position. I'll say that before we move on. Uh, no. I'm gonna miss Derek a lot though. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm gonna miss Derek too. I mean. I, I feel like a broken record because I say this every time we talk about Derek White, but my mom went to CU. We're Buffs fans. She graduated from CU. So when the Spurs drafted him in, uh, I believe it was 2017, it, it hit different, right? Like when you have a guy who you rooted for in college and then he lands on your team, I mean, that, that it just hits different than it's like a random guy who you didn't know. So How's your mom doing? Derek White was okay? sort of – what's up? I said, is your mom taking it okay? Like now that he's yeah, not I, I think yeah, my mom is sort of. Uh, I I love my mom and shout out to my mom if she listens to this. But she's sort of a fair weather fan. Like the second the Spurs are bad, she like doesn't care anymore. Which is like <laughs> it's fine. It is what it is. Like yeah, I, I yeah, mean yeah. It, it is what it is. But I guess like Derek, if I had to sum it up, like in short, like right player, wrong time. Like they asked Derek White to do so much, probably more than he was capable of. And so, like Mac was saying, and like Nick was saying, and probably Ty was saying as well, just going to a Boston team where he doesn't have to generate as much offense. He can be like that secondary, tertiary playmaker where he can be, you know, one of the better defenders on their team, on a team that was sorely missing defense, perimeter defense. Like, this is a really good situation for Derek. So I'm happy for him. I'm a little down. I'm not going to lie. It's like one of the only times that I can remember where really outside of Kawhi when a, a player was traded and my stomach fell a little bit and and I know like I, I try to be pretty unbiased and I try to cover this team in a way that I'm not like too emotionally attached but it, it was really hard to see Derek go and when I was writing an article about it today I just I don't know for a second I, <laughs> I was like I, I can't believe this is really happening so I'm, I'm wishing the best for Derek and his family and the Boston Celtics really because you've got Ime Udoka, Brad Stevens, Will Hardy uh, you know, guys who Jalen, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, guys he's familiar with. So, I, I like Max said, you know, just take care of him, and hopefully they can get him a ring. Because you know the Spurs aren't getting a ring this year. Boston probably won't, but if you can get Derek close to it, I'll be happy with him. A hundred and hundred and forty-seven offensive fouls drawn during his tenure. Now, not Holy all those are charges. Shit. Not all those are charges, but that's still a lot. Hundred forty-seven. Thirty-seven. Does he have this year? Does he have more fouls, like more offensive fouls, than than actual fouls? Like, how many fouls does has he committed? I'm pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure like he has more defensive fouls, but yeah, it's so he has like five hundred and fifty, five hundred twelve fouls in his career. Mm -hmm. A four point nine to one ratio for fouls committed to offensive fouls drawn is like probably pretty fucking insane though exactly yeah that's that what has I'm saying. to be like, insane that's like that's that weird crazy. Kawhi stat where it's like more steals than fouls in his career like that's a similar stat yeah that's insane yeah exactly that that's that was my point like that's what i was trying to lead to like it's just it's just an insane stat that you, you can't wrap your head around like it's it's crazy <clears throat> and also i don't think anyone's going to forget the Denver series with him because that whole year for Derek was a good year for him because he has he had multiple posters he really be shown himself to be like a valuable player in this league 
And whenever he went down, I want to say he went down around the Ruddy Road Trip, the Spurs just suffered without him. He was one of the most valuable players for that Spurs team. And he was probably a reason that they made the playoffs that year and the last time that they have made the playoffs. But Derek White, what a legend. That, that's what, that's one why of the I say like he's... Guys. That's guys. That's why I say he's... He's not necessarily like going to get his jersey retired, but he's still like one of those legendary dudes that's just going to be everybody's going to remember him because because of that series, you know, because he he put his stamp on on something that no one else did <clears throat> during that time. Again, one of the most memeable guys. I I have more reaction like photos of Derek than anyone <laughs> in my in my cat in my little folder. He is. I'll miss him in the commercials. <clears throat> He's, I'm so glad that we at least got one. We got one set of Fiesta commercials with him involved. I'm just, I'm happy that it happened. Yeah, this is a little off topic, but the Nets just lost their tenth straight game. Holy shit! Now they might get a little better soon, but we'll talk about that. That's some other point. Oh well, yeah. yeah. Just on a, on one more note, Derek. Note, congratulations to him. I think uh, him and Haley, was it Haley, or his wife announced that they were pregnant, right? Oh, and they just got married. I'm pregnant. Man. He's gonna I be think? tired as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's 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 what happened. They announced it on Instagram a while back. So congratulations, you know, Boston, take care of them. You're getting a good one. All right, let's go ahead and let's let's talk about a few trades around the league that I think we all were interested in slash we're talking about anyway. Um, first, let's kind of just get out of the way. The, uh, Harden to the Sixers. Harden's a dipshit. I'm just gonna say it. Dude, just Maury's a dipshit. Dude, that was an awful trade for 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 the 76ers. Like, yes. they gave up so much and it's not even like like they didn't really get anything in return besides Harden, right? I think maybe they got a second round pick or something. It was just bizarre. And I don't think they got like, anything. Let me see. One of the few times I believe Stephen A Smith is right, he said this may have been the worst day of Daryl Morey's career. Like oh. Oh, they got, they got a, Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap, sorry. So they didn't get anything else in return. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Because, like, man, if they don't win it this year, which they lost Seth Curry also, who's, even though he's been kind of shit recently, he's been really big for them. Dude, I don't know. Like, Harden made just, like, this dude's going to overload on Philly cheesesteaks in the meantime. Like, <laughs> they're going to be show, like, remember whenever he moved, went to Brooklyn and, like, just got fat as shit for a little bit. He's about to put on that baby weight again, and it may cost him. I it just it's such a bad trade for everybody. I feel so bad. I don't feel that bad for Nets fans because they all just kind of showed up out of nowhere for some reason the past couple of years. But uh, Noah, what, um, man, Noah, what's your thoughts on this? Because I know that you actually used to write for the Nets. I'm just kind of curious what your view. Of Noah wrote is. for the Nets. Yeah, I don't know if y'all if you remember that. If you if you if you knew that, then you were deep into the Noah Magaro lore. Like yeah, you were the deep no, into yeah. Magaro George. I lore. feel like I remember you doing it. <laughs> yeah, he wrote I did it for a little bit. Yeah, I did it for a little bit and then Pounding the Rock said, Hey, maybe just cover the Spurs and, and we'll give you a little bit more money and I said, Alright, that's fine. Damn, <laughs> get that money, boy. So, I wish, maybe one day. Uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe one day. But I I mean like looking at the trade, I feel like Brooklyn pretty pretty overwhelmingly won this deal. You get Ben Simmons, who is much younger, who is a much better defender, finished second in defensive player that you're voting a year ago, one of the most versatile defenders in the NBA, most effective, like switchable one through five. That's huge. And he's also one of the best playmakers at his position. So I just don't know how you can look at this trade and, and go, they didn't win. Because on top of that, they also got Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, two first-round draft picks. I mean... I, I understand why Philly did it because you didn't want to just eventually lose Ben Simmons for nothing and have this drag out for like years and years and years and years. But I mean, James Harden is what, like 33 now, 32, like 32 or 33. He's going to be 33 at least at some point in the next year. So I, I don't get it, I guess, from that perspective that like you have to win now. Like Nick said, if you don't win now, then you pretty much wasted Joel Embiid's prime. Which, by the way, maybe like the best season in the NBA thus far. Like he's been insanely good. Oh yeah, so, he just, just hit, a what, weird 30 trade. Straight games of twenty-five points plus, something like that. And in like in January Crazy. or December, he became the first player since Wilt Chamberlain to average forty points and ten rebounds for an entire month. 
Like, if yeah. you waste that guy's prime, which they pretty much have, um, it's like a borderline criminal. Like, yeah. I don't know what, I mean, again, Ben Simmons didn't really make it easy for them. And Ben Simmons is sort of a diva in his own right. But at the same time, I don't, I don't really have like a reason to dislike Ben Simmons. Like, I don't have any beef against him. Whereas like, I, one, I don't think Harden is like in his prime anymore. He's on the decline. And two, after he tried to trip DeJounte Murray a few years ago, or maybe even yeah. as early as last, it last season. It was last season. Like, it was last season. He, that's, he's not even the first. That's not even the first guy he's tried to trip or, like, knock over. I don't know. Generally, I, I can enjoy Harden's basketball to a certain degree. Like, I can respect it. But I don't really particularly like Harden that much. And it's fine that I say this because he's never going to listen to this. But even if he does, like, he's never going to land in San Antonio. I don't really care what he thinks. And, like... Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not no. a fan of Harden, but also, I'm, I'm a fan of this trade for Brooklyn. I the only say, prime that Harden's looking at right now is a fucking prime rib. That fat piece of shit. I'll say it. God damn it. Yeah, I, I will. I will say if we have James Harden listening to this, we made it big, guys. Let's go. Yeah. Right. But this, no, no. Like people that were like I, I get in the short term. This is a win for Philadelphia. This no, no, no way. I don't no, even in, think in, in the a, short term. In, in, in the short term. To some people, I can see oh. why they think it is. I don't agree yeah. with it, but like, yes, you get a you get a prime score who is at least if you go look back in his prime would be an amazing pair up with with Joel Embiid. The only issue yeah. is this is not prime James Harden. This is a James Harden that's been quite one of the most durable players. Suddenly, is missing like half of his games that he's eligible for. Yeah, he is. He has hamstring. I don't think issues. that was a coincidence either, though. Like, it kind of <laughs> felt like all of a sudden those hamstrings were giving out right when he wanted out, which is odd because like last time he wanted out somewhere, he was nowhere to be found. Except at least this time, he didn't like publicly request a trade or he didn't hide or anything. But I pretty very like vividly remember last time we were like very early in the pandemic and he was out partying with rappers, no masks, yeah, not baby. showing up to training camp, super overweight, like. Yeah. Well, at least this time he sort of did it in a better way, which is awful well, to no. say because like it's really not much better than last time. Like, according right. to the timeline, according to the timeline, everybody they knew. Like there was a there was a, a, a dancer that was like on the timeline that said, "Like James Harden I tomorrow is yeah. gonna be is gonna be a sixer." Said, I, James is telling I just me gave James sixer. Harden a lap dance, and he told yeah. me he was gonna be a sixer, <laughs> or he told me he's a sixer, and this was like two or three days before the trade happened. Can we can we talk about? The yes. hilarity. Besides, actually, James Harden also has a player option next year for like he's, 30, 41 million or 36, some yeah, he, sh crazy he, shit like he that. He opted into it too. Yeah. Um, speaking <clears throat> of player options, the Lakers didn't make a single move, and Russell Westbrook has a $42 million player option next season. Oh, brutal, dude. Brutal. He is yeah. Getting, he is getting paid more than, than LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Dude, he's getting paid more than like all but three players, right? It's insane. In in the league, yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, Michael <laughs> Michael Scotto did mention on the space tonight that that w the Lakers were like interested in trying to acquire some bigs, and Jakob Hurdle was one of the bigs that was mentioned. So I don't want anything they have. Nothing. Get fucked, stupid. <laughs> but now Lakers not making any deals. Not surprising with the contracts that they have. These, and I believe that the Rockets. I want to say Chris Haynes reported this tonight. That the Rockets offered John Wall for for uh, Russell Westbrook, but once to take the, him back. <laughs> but once the one, but once that twenty twenty seven first round pick was involved, the Lakers said no, because Idiots. that's our pick. Twenty twenty seven, and we're going for those modern <laughs> twins. Damn it! Right. Is all right, but although I think the most surprising trade, and probably the stupidest in my opinion, what are the Mavs doing? What are they doing? I have no idea what the Mavs are I doing. I mean, we've been asking that question since the offseason, whenever they cleaned house on coaching and their their management, right? <laughs> they're they're yeah. kind of in hell right now. The only reason they won tonight just now is because Luka got his first ever 50-point game. He had 51 points. Like, they're just, I don't know. I saw Mavs fans like Reddit Mavs. I saw like MFF. 
uh, Mavs fans for life. Yeah, MM, MFFL, whatever his name is, a big Mavs account. Why is that their hashtag, though? Like, Mavs fans for life. It literally looks like motherfuckers for life. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a, bad, it's a bad hashtag. They got I think, really I think it's. I think that's the whole pun of it. Like, it's like, oh, we're... It's like the, the, the let's go Brandon shit. Like, it's like, dude. <laughs> it's like, come on, dude. If you're gonna, if you're gonna fucking it's say their something. their fan base, too. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, but, dude, like, I saw so many people, like, like acting like uh, the Kings fans whenever they traded Tyrese they're like uh, we uh, fucking what, suck or we're what, fucking what's stupid what's going on why did we just do that like they they got <laughs> fleeced they got shit on yeah <laughs> I don't care if poor Zing, Zingus fucking Pingus has injury issues Spencer Dinwiddie in like what Davis some other Batons. garbage yeah Davis. garbage on a Former garbage contract God, um, that's probably the darkest days of Spurs history. Is whenever Davis on the team, not specifically because of him, but you know, I don't even think um, he was that bad with San Antonio. I, no, 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 no he like was. The no, whole he was team decent, itself, yeah. like the whole team itself, the whole era, those two years, whatever, like the whole the Lamarcus and the Aldridge area, dude, like. L.A. It dragging the, the fucking corpse of the Spurs. I'm so, yeah. you know, I'm actually surprised that you think that because I, I don't think the trade is really that bad for the Mavericks. Like, it, it's good he, in the sense I that mean, they offloaded that insane cap hit that Zingus Pingus brings, but like, I just don't think it made them much better at all. I don't care about this whole oh they got another ball handler for Doncic. Like, I, I still don't I don't see the hype into. I think it's one of the worst trades of this deadline so far. I don't like, like it's a third. Really, worst. I, I see. I, I don't really feel that way because they already lost Tim Hardaway Jr. for like the year, so they needed someone else who can score the ball and can handle it a little bit. And like they're they're clearly trying to win right now, like they're trying to win right now. And I don't think Porzingis really helped them win that much. I mean, I know he had a better season than he did a year ago, but he's declined as a shooter. He's declined as a rim protector. His lateral mobility is shot. He's injury prone. And you were going to owe him thirty six million dollars two years down the road. Like, Ugh. oh yeah, I no, I'm not saying they shouldn't have gotten sense. rid of him. No, I, I'm, I'm just I, I think I think bad. it does make sense for them. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie hasn't been that great, but you. I think you can handle his contract and move him later. Like it's a lot easier to move eighteen million dollars worth of a contract than it is like thirty-six million dollars of a contract. And then as far as like Davis Bertans, I know people are like laughing at him, but it, he's a really good shooter, still elite shooter. I know that the percentages aren't there, but it's because his playing time has been super inconsistent. Like next to a guy like Luka Doncic, who can pretty much make any pass in the book and pass people open. I think this is a good trade for the Mavs long term. I know I don't think that either team really like won, but if I had to be on one side or the other, I'd pick the Mavericks every day because now you're the Wizards. You don't know yeah. if you're going to bring back Bradley Beal. You and if you do, you you're won't. paying him a lot to be the, your best player, which obviously hasn't worked. Porzingis next to him is going to be weird because he's not really a natural playmaker. I, I'd rather be the Mavericks, honestly, in this in this scenario. I don't think it's a like a A for either side, but. I would definitely go with the Mavs. I, I just don't think it's that bad for them. In, in the, long the only issue, though, it, I want to bring this up because Noah said it. The only issue with that is because I agree with you that they're trying to win now. But you brought it up yourself. It's a win for them in the long term. They shouldn't even be looking at long term. If they want to win, they need to win. They shouldn't even be caring about long term at this point. Long term doesn't matter whenever you're trying to keep this star in. And I don't know if this is going to keep him in in really apparently you know if he had a bunch of issues with porzingis i guess this is the best trade they could get but like i don't know they're still like i don't see them as any more than a first or second round exit team anyways well, even now like i don't it's a wash the, i don't really care about it that much if this is a long-term move for the maps it's very i'm i'm questioning why they took that davis contract that that they're going to be paying till 2025 that's where my question is in terms of long the long-term goal because that's a contract that's not great not great at all at least for the talent that you're getting out of davis because like you said davis is still a good shooter but there's a lot of questions around it so it's it's a weird move in terms of that i'm not sure like you're wasting 16 17 then back to 16 million annually on this guy i don't and that's going to eat up a cap that you can sign free agents in that you can trade maybe you can use him as a trade piece in the down the line but it's 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 questionable to me at least of how why they did this trade in the first place. I guess it depends if Jason Kidd is smart enough to use him correctly, and I'm not going to give him that much credit. So <laughs> who knows? All right, is there any other trades that you guys that that you kind of guys were like kind of raised an eyebrow to that we should talk about? 
Um, because I know that Bagley got. Didn't to I was about to say? Didn't Bagley go to Detroit? That's kind of fun. Bagley to the Bagley to the Detroit, and then also Sergio Baca to the Bucks. That's a big. I move. saw that. I saw him in the jersey recently. It looks so weird. Like, especially Bucks fans hate him just because he was like a Raptor and like, oh, it's so funny. Today, like, I, the only fan bases that were happy today were like Boston and San Antonio, probably. Like, that's about it. And I guess Nets fans were happy. 76ers fans want to die, apparently. So, <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it It's crazy that Brian Wright put together the best, like, GM performance this year by far. I think including, pre like, the last offseason also. If you combine them, like, he just kind of mopped the floor with everybody. Um, I, let's, know, I could be wrong. Let's go ahead and wrap up with that. Let's Everyone give me your trade deadline grade for Brian Wright is because we've known before that Brian Wright didn't really make any moves prior in like the previous seasons that he was in charge but this season yeah, sure, this, he was this, in charge, totally. this season has felt very <laughs> okay oh, okay gremlin we got it what no I'm saying that this feels like the first year he's ever been in charge yeah it's felt like a different season so I just kind of want to get everyone's grades so Nick let me start off with you with your trade deadline grade um, I'm going to say an A or A minus only because I think you probably could have juiced one more second round pick out of the Derek trade or something. <laughs> like, I feel like you could have gotten a tiny, tiny bit more, but it's like an A, an A minus. Like I would have killed for that grade in college. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Noah. I'll give it an A. I mean, they essentially, they were able to flip. A guy who wasn't playing at all in Thad, a guy in Drew who's like a third stringer at best, and then you got Juancho who wasn't playing, and then Derek White and like a Detroit 2020 second or 2022 second rounder for a handful of first round picks and a pick swap, and then potentially valuable pieces in Josh Richardson who you might be able to move down the line. Like that, he, he finagled some really nice moves today, so I'm happy with it. A feels like an appropriate response. Probably more optimistic than you would think from me, but yeah, I would I would say an A. A, a feels right here. All right. Also, as we record this, just now the the um, Derek White trade has become official. Josh Richardson will wear number seven, and Langford will wear number thirty-five. I like that for Josh Richardson. I like like number seven. So breaking news for all of you as you record listen to this number podcast. seven or thirty-seven. I missed that. Number seven, as in former. Say. Former Bryn, For- number, like. former Bryn Forbes number. Oh, so it's not getting retired? Oh, no. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> all right, Mac, is it your turn? I am going to give Brian Wright all the fucking love that he deserves. This man was a sleeping giant. Everybody, including ourselves, were always like, what the hell is this guy doing? Is he just a figurehead? Is he just a name on the placard? What is going on? And this man, the entire time, and Nick put it. Nick put it the best way in uh, in, in in memes. Like he was playing fourth dimensional chess while everybody else was fucking playing checkers. Like this man was absolutely just. He was a silent assassin, and he came out of nowhere and just destroyed the landscape. You know. Everybody was, like, praising Sam Presti for, for, like, accumulating all these draft stocks and, like, oh, my God, they're going to be set for the future. You know, they're going to have such a great team or whatever because they have all these these first-round picks and stuff like that. But OKC hasn't gone anywhere with any of that shit. Now, you can argue – you can make an argument because it's coaching, whatever. But either way, they're still worse than the Spurs right now at this point. However – Brian Wright did something that Presti did not do. Spurs are still kind of winning a little bit. They're still okay. They have a better direction now. They they found their pivot and now they know where they're going. But he also got three top 20 picks in this upcoming draft and a lot of other assets coming up. This man just absolutely dog walked everybody. So... Congratulations, Brian Wright. You proved us all wrong. You made us shut up. You've done something that you know we haven't seen probably ever in the Spurs uh, in the Spurs history. So I applaud you, sir. That was a fantastic display of uh, of gamesmanship. It was beautiful. Ah. All right, I just want to review this before I go. Mine, James Toscano. Does that name 
sound familiar to Noah? James Toscano Anderson, the guy from uh, Golden State. No, it's this is a, a I think this is a Boston reporter, but he. No, I'm not familiar with him. All right, so he, he he's ready. To, he's get, he's dro- start dropping some shade on you, Noah. The worst part of this trade might be Romeo Langford going to, to Pop Spurs. I really don't want to watch him become the next Kawhi over there. If you read the thread under it, he said, wow, guys, I really don't believe this. Calm down. But there are a lot of Boston fans under it saying, oh, my God, he's going to be so good because the Celtics don't develop players over here. And I was like, whoa, okay. Damn. I mean, they don't. They really don't. But, like, um, we'll see. It could be fun. Or he could just be, like, waved. It, it doesn't fucking matter, really. Sorry. I just want to drop some shade on Noah over there. <laughs> Even <if it> was, <laughs> God damn. All right. I'm going to have to give this an A. It just from – there's multiple aspects to all this. Of course, most of these moves, especially the first part of these, were money moves. And it's all because Spurs want some cap space going into this summer. Well, the free agent class is very limited where you you do have some guys like Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, and some restricted free agents like DeAndre Aiden going on onto the market. There's also not a lot of teams with cap space – and the Spurs are one of those few teams with a possible maximum cap space of almost $38 million. That's a lot of space to use. And while people are going to be like, San Antonio's not a free agent destination, we all uh, we all get it. You've said it 20 million damn times. But having cap flexibility going to an offseason as a rebuilding team is so valuable for so many different reasons in terms of taking trades, getting free agents if you can get them, or just or being able to sign – so have draft picks and acquire them and use them while not taking up too much cap space. Spurs got three first-round picks now going to this into this draft, and it's all from these different trades. So Brian Wright going going into a rebuild, something the Spurs have not seen in a long ass time, is doing a masterclass job of setting themselves up for success going into this offseason. And also, well, and I know that a lot of people want to trade Derek for tank season. Well, they got their wish because like. Oh, I forgot who is who said it between one of you three is, yeah. I don't think the Spurs the Spurs are going to struggle to win without a guy like Derek White. That was Nick, me. Yeah. And so, uh, so not having one of one of your top three guys on this team, you're going to kind of you might lose a few more games. And knowing that the that's probably no. What did you say? Top six and then a drop off, right? Top five. Top, top five and then there's a drop off. The Spurs can find themselves into top five. That's going to turn around this this team in a dramatic way and much more quickly than I think anyone's anticipating. But to get there, what the Spurs did in the past two days is a great setup to help them kind of step forward into this rebuild and hopefully a good new era. Yeah. Can I add on something Go ahead. at the very end? Um, and this is just kind of – because we didn't even talk about it, and this could be a kind of fun podcast idea for next podcast. Um, we didn't even mention DeJounte Murray being selected to the All-Star game. Oh, what? Which, Let's go! Which, which no, can, Let's wrap it up with that. All-Star and game. Then, uh, hold on, hold on. And then let me bounce this off of you. How about next podcast? We have ourselves a little homework assignment. And we all come up with who we want at each projected pick at the time of recording with our three first-round picks. I think that could be kind of fun. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's good. Noah's going right, to kick, like kick, kick her ass with all of this, knowing his information. I mean, <laughs> challenge accepted, bro. God damn, you have no faith in any of us. I, I don't have faith in myself when it comes outside the top ten. <laughs> we don't have faith in you either, buddy. All right. Wow. Um, <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, congratulations to Jante Murray. I think this is going to bolster our ability to attract free agents now that we have a certified all-star, a certified bucket getter, and someone who was picked before Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, James Harden, and a couple of other absolute scrubs at the all-star game. Let's go. Hey, DeJ- Let's go, DeJounte. DeJounte is on Team Durant, and guess who else is on Team Durant that's going to be a big-name free agent? Mr. Zach Levine. And the two are oh, already yeah. close. Rainier Beach, baby. I, I never know. The, I have not felt like I'm not. I know I've felt confident about some of our free agencies, but this one's a little bit different if for different reasons. Knowing that those two are really close. The De, the the Dejounte Murray Spur era has begun. Mm-hmm. It has begun. And no one come in with your pessimistic viewpoint. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have I don't have like a pessimistic viewpoint on this. I just I, I 
Man, I, I want them to though. do something. I really, really, really want them to do something in free agency. But like, didn't they have fifty-three million dollars last year? We said the same thing, and then John Collins like fleeced it. Right? It was not. Who the hell is saying that? Who they the hell? Had, no, yeah, you're the second person to say that. Fifty million dollars to spend. But last we had to pay a few of our own guys, though, didn't we? I mean, they, they didn't the have to, but yeah, but, like last off yeah. season, I remember it was like them and the Knicks were the only teams that had more than fifty million dollars in cap space. So, I mean, it's not it's not a big deal. I, I think like I, I want to see the said, receipts like, on everybody, that everybody says that like you know San Antonio is in a free agency destination. It's not because they're like haters. It's just like because it's mostly true. But like hopefully Dejounte getting an All Star appearance convinces someone to come team up with them. Like Levine is probably the most likely, but. Isn't it? I just feel like he's in such a good situation in Chicago that, I mean, to leave that to just play with Dejounte in a team that's probably going to finish like twenty games under five hundred is, is unreal. I will say, I, I'm just really hedging Noah, my bets for the draft. No, you also have to give credence to the fact that last year's free agent class was bottom Dog ten shit. in the last twenty years. Like yeah. they, were, it was really bad. It was a yeah. bad. I mean, this class. one isn't that much better though. I mean, what I'd do you say mean? It's quite a bit better. I, I, it's, like, it's very good. It's, other, it's much better. The other issue too with last season was that the Spurs had to take money back to trade DeRozan in that sign and trade. So I think, I think that that really limited the Spurs in terms of yeah they had to, they did Demar a favor by taking more contracts than Aminu and Thaddeus Young. I think that kind of hampered their abilities, but they also got Zach Collins on, on de- like they got some like decent free agents in terms of who, who was available and Doug McDermott and Zach Collins. Now will Doug McDermott stay on this team long term? We don't know. Will Zach Collins yes. be? Will Zach Collins stay healthy? We don't know yes. yet. But Zach Collins has looked pretty damn good for the f- first two games back and in this G League stints. But I digress. But I think overall, I think there's a lot more hope going into this offseason with your three draft picks going into it that you can also use a trade up to if yeah. that ever happens. And, and if there isn't a big free agency move this year, you can almost guarantee that they won't go in too deep on anybody and they'll just keep backloading that money until they're like, oh, big free agent, you're ours. Like, <laughs> I, I don't see them being reckless with money like some teams that are like kind of like pressured to by their fans or their ownership, like just well, sign somebody big, you know. Well, well, I wouldn't say they're they're not reckless. They have kind of a past of being a little reckless with some money. But that wasn't that la, wasn't Brian Wright though. Pagasol. That what? Was that Brian Wright yeah. though? No, 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 no. Pagasol? You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. No, no. You're absolutely right. Hundred percent. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Brian Wright has had like a a wreck. You're blunder. right. But maybe a yeah. reckless money spread, like a blunder one. Wait, think- who signed who signed Marco? That was, that was definitely pop. <laughs> like, <laughs> if we're being real, was Brian Wright even around as GM I, that year that we signed Marco? Was that 2018? I think I think he was around, but he wasn't in the same capacity. Yeah, I think, I think that, he was still in the office though. Yeah, because it was. I think his first year was the year that we got Keldon and Luca. Oh, uh, right. So, no, who cares? No, no, and silent. I think he's he's probably thinking like these guys are fucking stupid. That's I don't what, know what the fuck they're talking Noah's about. over here like I can't believe I'm friends with these fucking idiots. <laughs> I know I can't believe. He's gonna retreat let back just, to Alamo City Limits where they talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let, let me go. Let me go back to my my fucking podcast because these guys don't know shit. With uh, with no, Da Barton and like, Damien. I'm uh I'm I'm excited though for like what the Spurs could potentially do. Mostly not like for the free agency thing, because like I'm again like I'm a little pessimistic, I suppose. But like I'm I'm optimistic what they can do with the with the picks. Like the oh, picks yeah. could be really huge for them. Like my dream scenario is not only do the Spurs land by some miracle in the top four, but then they use those other two first round picks to move into like the top three, or maybe they just use one of them to get in the top three and also have a pick at twenty. Because that can turn things around pretty quickly. Because the Spurs really need a front court player. Top three guys are each front court players. Each of them can bring a lot to the table for the Spurs. And then you're then you're kind of cooking. Like then you can be excited. Then you can start filling out your roster with free agents too. I mean, that's what gets me excited. Uh, not so much the idea of like going after Bradley Beal or Zach Levine or DeAndre Ayton. That's what makes I, your. I'm pants really tingle. excited for the draft. And I I think that I think that's the best part though of all of this that there's so <laughs> many avenues that can really improve the Spurs and you don't need to rely on one or the other, like yeah, well you might need to re- rely on drafting more than the free agency, but you can still hit in free agency if you do if you play your cards right, but like there's so many different avenues that the Spurs again are setting themselves up for success, that they can set themselves up for 
to do good, to make good moves, get if they do get luck, lucky in the lottery, that's even better. So it's a there's a lot more positives and a lot more hope going into this season, as as Obi Wan Kenobi was, he was their only hope. Hell yeah! <laughs> Let's sign off almost exactly <laughs> an hour. Let's leave on that shit. Oh my god. Love you guys. Everybody stay cool. Hell yeah. You can find Ty. Ty, where are they finding you? I'll take over hosting duties. Thank you. <laughs> Just wrap it up. <laughs> Everyone shut the fuck up. Where can they find you, Ty? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at the Ty Yeager. That's the Ty J-A-G-E-R. You also have a sub stack. Y'all can find me, the new host of the show, at N-I-C-Y-A-R-B-R-O, at Nick Yarbrough, Nick with no K. On Twitter.com slash NICYRBRO. Okay, uh, y'all go ahead. Oh, okay. Thanks, Max. Go ahead, Noah. No, go ahead, Noah. Go ahead. I said Mac. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm literally doing. Uh, uh, you can't find me anywhere except on Twitter, uh, <laughs> just at MacBenya. I don't really do anything. All these guys just carry me. I ride their coattails, and that's pretty much how it goes. Oh, shit. All also, right. I'm on Air Alamo. I'll be riding something soon. Sorry about that. Whee! Go ahead, Noah. Noah. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at N underscore Magaro, M-A-G-A-R-O, Noah without a K as well, just like Nick. Um, fuck up. Can, <laughs> fuck without a K. You can also find my my words, my Spurs words, if you want to call them at Pounding the Rock. You can listen to my other podcast, Alamo City Limits. But really, you should listen to uh, At The Line podcast here, because we don't do this that often. I know we keep saying we're going to do it more often, but this time, hopefully... It's we gonna we are going to do it more often. Yeah. <laughs> we all, we're, are, we, are we like the boyfriend who says that they're always going to change and then yeah. and then they don't? <laughs> yeah, I, I, they don't, don't. I don't want to be Y'all really I don't need to listen that. to Noah's podcast, though, Alamo Sea Limits. It's like the best, Honestly, the best podcast that I know of. 100%. 100%. 100%. If you want something more consistent, go to go to Noah. But and Damien, Damien is, is great, too. Like it's He's such a good a good co-host. It's, it's a really good dynamic. All right. Well, at least the hopes, the hopes with the at the line is we're going to be a little more consistent. You might not hear all four of us in the same in every single episode, so like you might be hearing a a different three trio of like Noah, Nick, and Mac, or you might be hearing Noah, me, and Nick. It's going we're going to try at least get things out, be more consistent, and just be a good podcast. We've been around since 2018. Still don't know how I'm still here. We might even even implement new things like to bring in a little bit more stuff to do. Like we're but we're hoping that we stay much more consistent especially going into probably one of the most interesting times in probably the spurs franchise history in recent memory so let's let's have some fun but for noah nick the real host of the show nick mac (laughs) i'm ty this has been at the line and we'll see you guys next time ty without the k (laughs) later